This episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast is actually a broadcast that we do on AM radio. So we do a show called The Draw on 1210 AM The Man, which broadcasts in South Florida, Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. We've been broadcasting live from Cigar Cellar of Miami at 1557 Sunset Drive, and we're sharing broadcasts of The Draw here on our podcast. So, without any further ado, here is the latest installment of The Draw on 1210 AM The Man, which you can also find on Spotify if you search for The Draw 1210, or uh, streaming live, again, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday from 1210theman.com. That's 1210theman.com. Otherwise, uh, you should be able to catch uh, episodes of that show right here on the Cigar Snob podcast feed, unless you want to hear us live, which is always fun. Anyway, here you go. Cigar talk show, The Draw. Here is Eric Calvino, Nick Jimenez, and the Cigar Snobs, live from Cigar Cellar in Coral Gables, exclusively on 1210 The Man and streaming on 1210theman.com. Hello. From Cigar Cellar of Miami, I am Nick Jimenez, here with Eric Calvino. What is happening, y'all? We both do things at a place called Cigar Snob Magazine, but right now, we are here live on the draw with Jackson the Cigar Snob Dog, going absolutely bananas over here. If you want to say hi to Jackson, trust me, he's nicer than he sounds. He's just saying, actually, he's saying hi to Tony. Yeah. Tony Collado, you just walked in, and Jackson lost his mind. <laughs> so. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know Tony had that effect on people. Jackson, Jackson's over there. This ain't no VIP. <laughs> Go back to the VIP, Tony. <laughs> You're in the wrong place. So uh, we are here running through our uh, top 25 cigars of 2018. This time around, we're smoking cigar number 19. By the way, this is. For the new people, yeah. this is top yeah, twenty-five. Let's catch them up. Top twenty-five, according to a very important authority in the cigar world, us. That's it. We. This is uh, Cigar Snob Magazine's uh, January list. Every January, we publish a list of the top twenty-five of the previous calendar year, and so this landed spot number nineteen on that list. Uh, it is the Caldwell the T. So T, just the letter T, not like T that you sip. Although, who knows if maybe that's what they meant. But I think they mean more like the truth, I think, is yeah, the that idea. Is that, is that the is, uh, my understanding is that that is what it stands for. Right, I think right. that they wanted to do, originally they wanted to call it the truth. Right. And uh, But then there was uh, La Verité from Tatuaje. Mm. So there was a bit of a trademark problem there. And Paul Pierce. And and Paul Pierce had, took issue with it. Paul Pierce was like, wait Caldo, a minute. Caldwell, Caldwell was like, hey, listen, man, you can't do that. Chill out with that, guys. All right, so, so this is The Tea. Uh, it is made in Esteli, Nicaragua by A.J. Fernandez at Tabacalera Fernandez. It is a Nicaraguan puro. This is the second consecutive Nicaraguan puro that we are smoking on this show. Is that right? Yesterday's was also a Nicaraguan puro, meaning that the wrapper, filler, and all... Uh, I'm sorry, the wrapper, binder, and all the filler are uh, exclusively Nicaraguan tobacco. We gave it that number 19 spot in the 6.5 by 56 Toro Grande, but we are smoking it today in Robusto again because we are undisciplined people and can't hang on to uh, any of the stuff. 
So we, we tend to smoke through the stuff we, we like. We smoke through the stuff we like. Uh, all right. So and again, you can find the whole list at cigarsnobmag.com slash top twenty five. We're smoking these in, uh, this would be ascending order, so up to 25. We've already smoked the, the Cigar of the Year at number one, all the way through to 19 uh, today. Numerical ascending. Right, numerical but ascending. in terms there of importance, go. it's descending. Yeah, it's just, it, feels, yeah. it feels bad know, to it's say it's descending, you know. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, so if you want to smoke along with us, go there, check out that list, stock up on the remaining cigars, and also the other cigars so you can catch up. Catch up, smoke along, all that. Uh, okay, Eric, where are you so far with this cigar? We've been smoking for, I don't know, 10 minutes or so. To me, this cigar is, uh, well, first off, I think a little description of it helps. It's uh, beautifully box-pressed, uh, covered in a really uh, a dark, even-colored uh, wrapper. Uh, not terribly oily, but, but, very, but very attractive. Uh, in terms of flavors, to me, it's like a dark chocolate bomb in the very beginning. Yeah. Right? It just it hits you with tons of dark chocolate. And then more subtle pepper, a uh, touch of earthiness. And then... Like a little roasted almond type of nutty flavor in the in the background, but it is a lovely start to a cigar, right? Absolutely. So how about you? Absolutely. A lot of the dark chocolate. I also get some um, some wood, not quite cedary wood, uh, more of that like sort of dark, almost like um, yeah, like a charred oaky. Yeah, yeah, maybe. charred oakiness. Maybe that's. Uh, I think that's a good way to put it. Um, and the burn is absolutely perfect. One of the things that, and we've I think we've talked about this here before, but we AJ, have. things made by AJ Fernandez are. Uh, famously consistent and well built. Yeah, in terms of construction, they are top notch. Yeah, and and it, you're absolutely right to point out the the beautifully box pressed thing. It's um, yeah, it's I, it's not often that you come exactly. across a cigar that's that's quite this. It's like that slightly rounded corner, not the super sharp. Almost like there's something about the super sharp corners that maybe because it's so impossible to get it that sharp on all four corners, ends up looking and feeling a little uneven to me. Yep, it always does. Uh, but this, this looks This uh, is spot immaculate. on. Yeah. Right, it's spot on. And, and, you know, sometimes we talk too much about that, but, but the thing is that it's so hard to do uh, to get these box press cigars consistently beautiful because it's, it's very easy to get them wrinkly, uh, and to get or to get them underfilled, and the cigar feels light in your hands. Yeah. Uh, so to get a cigar that is really well constructed uh, and box pressed consistently is very difficult. So you always have to point that out. Yeah, know? and I think it's also you know like anything else uh, when you're smoking a cigar, like when you're drinking wine or beer or eating, all five of your senses are engaged on on some level, right? So if you're eating a steak, how much does it matter if you're blindfolded if the sear marks are perfect? Not much. No, of course. But when you're sitting at a table and you're looking at the steak and a steak shows up on your plate with those perfect sear marks, to pretend that that doesn't add to the experience of, of the whole thing. Of course. You'd be lying to yourself. You know, one thing, uh, I got some text, and it's, uh, it's true. We didn't point out, and I apologize for that, considering that the guy is one of uh, my very good friends in the business. We didn't point out that it's also a collaboration between Matt Booth, ah. Caldwell, and AJ Fernandez. Is Matt Booth texting you? No, he is not. <laughs> he is not. But my brother Chuck is. Okay. He's like, hey, man, you're not talking about Matt. So shout out to Matt Booth. Yes. Uh, Matt, both of these guys, by the way, if, if you're a social media sort of person, these are two characters who you want to be following in the cigar industry. He is a riot, so is Caldwell. Yeah, he Matt just... Booth and Robert Caldwell uh, are larger-than-life personalities. Robert Caldwell is a taller-than-life personality. Yeah, he's freaking huge. Uh, so that's always a good time. I, I, I like going to the trade shows. Uh, whenever we do interviews with him, we always have to figure out some special camera angle so that 
whoever has got the mic in their hand shows up in frame with yeah, him. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, just to give you an idea of what kind of guy Caldwell is, uh, he recently purchased a home. And I know his realtor. Uh, he was, he's actually my realtor. And so Caldwell's request, so the house that he was looking for, which obviously made it a little bit difficult for the realtor, uh, he was looking for a house that looked like an old Cuban Marimbero's house. That's the way he describes it. Like an dr- old, old <laughs> drug dealer's house. So he wanted one of those like just opulent, crazy-looking houses, but from the 80s. Right. You know, so yeah, not, not something that looks opulent today. It's like a Scarface house. Yes. Like something Scarface. that Scarface would have had in the 80s, but it's been sitting all this time. Good so that's stuff. what he was looking for. I did. And, and he got it. It's got I a pool it. inside. It's, it's crazy. So, so, yeah, those are two guys who make uh, no apologies for their big personalities. You know who is apologizing? Oh, Ooh. God, I'm so good at this. You know who's apologizing? Talk to me. Toronto is apologizing. Are they apologizing? Toronto good. is apologizing. They should. So, uh, if you are an NBA fan or just a casual sports fan who's watching the NBA Finals, you know that uh, when Kevin Durant sustained an Achilles injury, or I guess re-injured his Achilles, I guess he wasn't yeah. ready for... Um, did you see the slow-mo video of that? Of his, of his calf, like as his Achilles like, snaps? It's, it's cringy. It, it's cringy it's, to watch. It looks like he got shot in crazy. the calf. It's crazy, man. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, well, when you figure how much tension is on there, it's just <laughs> released. Wild, wild stuff. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So he it's like uh, one of those old, uh, <laughs> like those old, sh- uh, what do you call those, like shades in the house where you pull uh-huh. it down and then it just like snaps up. Yeah, crazy stuff. My mic just went out. No, I hear you. That's probably your headphones. Uh, so anyway, technical. This is a hey. look behind the curtain hey, here. Now. Behind the curtain at twelve ten, the man here at Cigar Cellar. Uh, so anyway, the uh, the city of Toronto. Uh, had been. This is from the Washington Post. The city had been expecting to celebrate an NBA championship coronation. Instead, it received a public humiliation. Um, so the fans were basically mocking Kevin Durant, celebrating this injury, which is never a cool thing to, of course to not. be doing. That's not a thing to do. And it sort of flew in the face of Toronto's reputation. I know everything leading up to it had been all about how nice the fans are and how they can't even insult anybody. You saw like multiple late night hosts doing bits on the street trying to get uh, Canadian fans to insult them, and they couldn't do it because they were so nice. And here they are, you know, right? Just uh, cheering on this guy's injury. That is, uh, it's a career-threatening injury. Right now, there there are some uh, some super fans. Uh, Toronto broadcasters like Bob McCown, I think that's how you say his name, host of Primetime Sports. As my abuela would say, muy conocido en su casa a la hora de la comida. Exactly. <laughs> and the country's about the population of one casa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, anyway, yeah, so, so Toronto is, is sort of collectively supposedly embarrassed by this whole situation. Uh, and what, uh, yeah, I... I and help thinking like this is going to be not all that it's remembered for, but people will remember that display. Yes, just like they still talk about Miami Heat fans leaving early, right, and then having to try to get back into the to the arena. Like that's what they continue to always talk about, right? Oh yeah, Miami fans they already left, or or Miami fans they haven't showed up yet, or and so to to see another fan base going through this, yeah, that is going to stick with them. Yeah, absolutely. So um, and I wonder how. So there was the one guy. In the yeah, who's visibly like clapping and bah, ha, ha. yeah, like waving at him, like waving. bye, yeah. goodbye. Oh, God, it, it bothered me. 
like I, I was I was getting upset at the I, I would say TV, but I wasn't. I was watching it from the office. Yeah, you have to think that at some point it sort of sinks in. Like, oh man, I did that, and it's on Twitter, and I gotta go to work tomorrow. Yeah, and face people. Yeah, like there's for me, not a town, there's no town, there's no city where people. I don't care what you could be. I don't know. I, I don't want to start listing towns where they have reputations for not being nice people. But name your town. I have to think that that's over the line everywhere. Of course, man. Like I, my my view of it is like, how does that guy go home and if he has kids? How do you tell your kids, you know, to be a good person and to do the right thing and and to you know not applaud uh, right. someone's injury uh, when he's doing that on international TV? Exactly. So anyway, um, we will uh, we'll, we'll put that video. We'll retweet it so you can follow. Uh, head over to Cigar Snob Mag on Twitter, and you will find the video to which we are referring. Uh, you know who is a nice guy in sports, though? Is Ed Reed. That guy's such a buena gente, dude. Such a buena gente. Ed Buena Gente Reed is what they call him. Such a good dude. Uh, and we uh, had an interview with him. Actually, you weren't able to make it, although you have spent a good amount of time with Ed. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but we uh, he's going to be uh, in a full feature-length Q&A in the next issue of Cigar Snob Magazine. For those of you, seems like a really long story, too. Yeah, it's good. Which, which, uh, good. which, for those of you who are oblivious to things in which people throw balls. Uh, <laughs> That's one way to put it, Nick. Ed, Ed Reed is one of the all-time great ball catchers. Um, especially, ball taker or Yeah, especially of balls that were not intended for him. He says, hey, that's your ball? Guess what? Guess what? Not anymore. I take it. Now I take it from you. What's up? We're getting waves. We're getting salutes from people over here. Look at this. Cigar cellar. What a friendly place this is. So, a packed uh, house today. Oh, yeah. A lot of people in here. A uh, couple, of, couple of police people. PD in full force. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jackson. We don't, I mean, we don't really need them. We got Jackson. We got Jackson. But, you know, what are you going to do? Um, so, anyway, uh, yeah, we, we met in Miami Beach for cigars uh, last night. Drank a few rounds. Smoked a couple cigars with Ed. And uh, I highly recommend that anybody who is not subscribed, go ahead and subscribe to Cigar Snob Magazine because that is going to be an interview that every Miami sports fan especially is going to want oh, yeah. to check out. Miami, Baltimore sports fans. Exactly. You know, people from New Orleans because yeah. he's from there, people that live in Atlanta. That's what the interesting thing about this guy. Houston and New York where he spent the last bit of his career, the, exactly. last, little, the yep. last little chunk. Uh, but really, I mean, anybody. This guy is an all-time great. Yeah, he's um, about to go into the Hall of Fame this year. And the cool thing is that he really loves cigars. Uh, so he's been sort of toying with the idea of, of releasing a cigar brand. He's looking for somebody to make it for him, and he has been taking his sweet time. Yep. And he'll tell you. He'll tell you, I want, in fact, uh, and he says so in the interview, so, you know, I'm not, but I'll, I'll leave it for the interview. But he does name names about, like, people that he was right there about to release a cigar with, and he changed his mind, um, and he's still looking. Uh, so w what's cool about that is that he's not just looking to slap his name on something. Yeah. You know, he wants to feel really good about it. It's not to say that the products that he was offered the opportunity to do that with were bad. It just wasn't for him. Yep. And, and so it's really cool to see somebody who's that engaged, who's that passionate about it. Um, and one of the things that I was happy about, happiest about with the interview was uh, the guy's a talker, but he's super interesting. And we kind of stayed away from the whole like highlight reel conversation with a guy of that caliber. All you got to do is YouTube Ed Reed Highlights, and you can be on there for hours watching Ed Reed Highlights. I have been. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and so was I. Uh, but it, it was cool that we were able to get into a lot of the, like, bigger ideas um, that sort of uh, underlie 
all that. So, for instance, one of the things that I was curious about, and I was kind of surprised by the answer, was, you know, you're, you come from the U at this time of, like, that peak swag, uh, oh, yeah. peak swag time, uh, at a time of, of winning, so there are championships involved, and then you go to the pros, and there's more winning. And I think it's easy for fans to sort of assume, uh, okay, it was just always like this. But my question for him, and I'll let you guys sort of read the way he answered, was was there a point when you moved from college to the pros that was humbling? Because he's, he's part of that crop of guys from the U that nobody thinks of as having hit the pros and like, oh, damn, here I am. Like, this is another level. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm and the curious. Inter- the interesting thing was there. his answer was partly no. But the, it was in large part because the university did such a good job of preparing guys for this. Oh, they had so much talent. So, anyway, uh, when we come back, we might or might not keep talking about that, but we'll see. We are on the draw live from Cigar Cellar at 1557 Sunset Drive. We will catch you on the other side of the break. Oh, baby. Listen to this. Listen to these jams we got going on here. How you feeling about this, Eric? You are bobbing I'm super digging. hard. I'm digging. Bobbing real hard over here at Cigar Cellar of Miami at 1557 Sunset Drive in Coral Gables. I'm attached to the headphones and all this mixer board and all this stuff. Otherwise, I'd get up and jam. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I've, I've seen it happen. And then Jackson, and then Jackson would probably bite my neck. Or maybe he just bobbed his head with you. <laughs> yeah, true. That could also be. Uh, so, speaking of music that makes you do stuff, sort of moves you. I love this. Oh, God. Oh. How have I you not been doing this? this? Oh, I, uh, I don't know. Not enough. <laughs> uh, so, we have a story. If you are young or have young people in your life, good chance that you are familiar with the number one song, I think, like, in the universe. And it has been for quite some time. I heard that they're playing it on the space station. They probably are. I would be very surprised if this had never been heard in the space station. Uh, they have to be aware of what's going on on Earth in case Absolutely. in case we all blow up or something. They're going to be the last ones, and they got to tell the aliens, "Hey, we Old have Town song. Road. <laughs> we have this song called Old Town Road. You got to hear it." Uh, so, Old Town Road is by a rapper named Lil Nas X, who, by the way, sidebar, I'm always a little frustrated whenever like uh, mainstream media, uh, like the major networks, cover him and just refer to him as Nas for short. It's like. Calm down, people. There is a Nas, yeah, and we should not be confused. So that was one thing that I was watching. I was like, "Oh man, I like." I don't know that I'd say I'm old, but I'm old enough to be thinking like, "Are the kids going to think this is Nas? That's mm. who they're going to think when they hear Nas." That's now? what you worry about, huh? That's what I worry about. I, I worry, worry more that they say little Nas X <laughs> instead of Lil. Well, in this situation, I'd rather they like I'd rather they distinguish. He's the little one. There is a big Nas here. There's a big Nas involved. But anyway, Lil Nas X, uh, kind of sign of the times. This song, again, for those of you who are like totally oblivious, blew up on social media on a uh, on something called TikTok. Yep, had no idea what that was until I heard about this. But apparently, the kids are all over TikTok. Uh, it became a meme, and uh, then started topping the charts in the the country Billboard charts. There was all this controversy about whether this was actually a country song because uh, it's sort of like the guy descri- describes it as country trap. Okay, so there's that. Anyway, for every obnoxious internet meme of a song out there in the world, there's always this one story that makes you kind of feel good uh, and, a li- and feel a little bit bad for, for looking down on the music and yep. being concerned about Nas. And CNN uh, just yesterday had this story up about a tweet uh, that Shaletta 
Brundledge forget, put up. Forget that her name is Shaletta Brundledge. Yep. I love that her her Twitter handle is two hot mamas one. I love that. Like Carluba would like, like to say, spelled, spelled exactly <laughs> the way it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> two hot mamas. Uh, so the tweet is: We had an hashtag Old Town Road miracle at my house. My son Daniel has autism and doesn't talk. We caught him humming the Lil Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus tune the other day. Billy Ray Cyrus, by the way, jumped on for the remix, and it's actually, it, it actually, to be honest, I mean, I was kind of bashing the thing. It's pretty catchy. It is extremely catchy. It's super catchy. Uh, but anyway, then, bless God, my baby started singing the song on his own. His therapists have started to use it in his sessions. Wild. That's awesome. Crazy, crazy stuff. That's such a cool story. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, music does, uh, this isn't the only song that does it. It just happens to be that's the one that, that, uh, that caught him, you know? Right, exactly. But, uh, but music is used in autism all the time. Uh, we've known, we have some, some friends who, who have children with autism, and, and they do. They use music a lot. Yeah. So you've, uh, you've retweeted. I did. I retweeted Hot uh, Mamas. Two Hot Mamas. I, I, I retweeted it. So you can go on to, uh, again, Twitter and, and look up Cigar Snob Mag, and you will see I tweeted, uh, I retweeted Shaletta Brundage's uh, tweet. Yeah, and that, that video is worth, yeah, worth watching. A little bit of a day brightener there. Um, next up, you know whose day is not bright? Whoever was playing against the, the Thai soccer team that was playing the U.S. Women's World Cup team, uh, which came, the, the U.S. came under criticism for their goal celebrations in an absolute rout. Barrage of goals. In a how to rout. I like that. But, uh, yeah, like they, they came under fire for scoring too many goals and for celebrating too much. Which, I, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Because I have my, my opinions on this. I have zero problem with running up scores, especially at the professional level. Yeah, this is a World Cup. Exactly. No problem with running up scores. No problem with rubbing it in people's faces to a, you know, to an extent. Like the, the celebration, to the extent that a celebration is a show in front of the, oppos- the opposing team. Yeah. No problem with that whatsoever in any Didn't sport. Didn't say taunting. Taunting is a no, different thing. Right, right. Celebrating your achievement. Right. These, these, pe- these, uh, these athletes, they work so hard. They train their entire lives, and they're in the World Cup, and they score a goal. Man, let them celebrate. It's... It's uh, it's such an achievement in a in a regular soccer game. On average, you only get about two goals in a game on average. Yeah. So, so to score this many, hell, celebrate all you want. And you don't want us to celebrate? Then stop us. And especially in like soccer and in hockey, where scoring is so low, and the celebration is such a part of the show and of the experience of playing. The uh, the Geico commercial uh, plays on that. Have you ever seen that one? Where the so. where the the Geico commercial where the soccer player scores a goal and then runs and you know how they do that knee, that slide on their knees, okay. Yeah, so yeah. in the but in the Geico commercial the guy slides and normally they slide to the corner. Okay. The guy slides to the corner, then makes the turn left, and then he keeps going down the <laughs> sideline and he goes there. He basically goes around the stadium sliding. Uh, but yeah, they make it's part of the thing. It's part of the sport. Uh, I don't know if it's because I grew up watching the Hurricanes just bash people. And celebrate the entire time, uh, and and it, it's never bothered me. Or or maybe it's because I'm uh, Hispanic and and I like celebrations. I, I'll, I'll celebrate anything, but anything it, good, any accomplishment. I'm I'm all over the celebrating it. Now you're more of a of a soccer fan because I know this is an issue. For example, in baseball, yeah. right? Where in baseball there are these two schools of thought, primarily right, the Hispanic players and everybody else. His, well, Hispanic and black players, both of them get uh, get some bad press about. Over celebrating, 
well, a strikeout or or a home it, run or. But even with black players, I think that like black players who, because there's, black uh, black American players. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think yeah, a, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of them grow up in that culture of okay, tone down the celebration. There's I think there's still. I think it sort of depends on where, like if you're. I think the younger ones, though, the younger ones are are kind of taking the cue from football, where right they, we celebrate our achievements. Sure, sure. And so they are coming under fire as well. But yeah, mo- most of the time it's the Hispanic players. Yeah. Who celebrate a little bit too much? Now is that a thing in soccer? Like I have no idea what the accepted protocols are for running up scores. Like, is there a difference well, I mean, in the way Europeans playing, approach it versus yeah? If the you're South pl- if you're playing a friendly match against Sister Mary School of the Blind, you don't run up the score and you don't celebrate. But if you're playing... Have, have they ever made a World Cup? <laughs> I always use that, that because, that, you know, that, that's like the epitome. But, uh, but anyway, when you're playing in a World Cup or you're playing in a qualifier or you're playing in a professional league match or a Champions League, there's, I've never heard anything about excessive celebration. It's part of the game. Now, the thing is that, number one, it's the U.S., and number two... It's 13 goals. It's a lot of goals. <laughs> so even one player, the star player, Alex Morgan, she scored five on her own. Yeah. Like there's, there's, there's professional strikers who their job is to score who don't score five goals in a season, yeah. much less a game. Right. So, so that, that's, that's part of the problem here is that it was 13, uh, and, it, and it, Thailand was just beaten. But again, you can't you, – what if, what if the next team that plays against Thailand – Scores 15 goals. Right. Then, then what are you going to say? And, and I think that to... Right, because the goal differential matters. Right. Well, and even outside of the goal, I think that there's... And again, maybe this is just a school of thought or a, I don't know, a cultural thing or whatever. But I think there's something to be said just for like the soft impact psychologically. In terms of psyching out opponents, especially when you're in a tournament situation, everybody's watching to see, okay, who are we up against next? I have to think that if you're all these people are hyper competitive and they want whoever's watching to see, okay, when we come up against the next team, we want them to have seen this, yeah, and we want them to know, which is part. I, I think that's part of the whole thing with, of this, with the swagger of, of the U. Yes. I mean, there's no point different. Well, yeah, there's the voting for the for bowl games and all yes, that. Yes, there is. But even outside of that, part of the thing with Miami was it was in the back of your head, like these guys are going to taunt us. It, it, it was. It's about getting in your head, even when you're not in the game. By the way, it also happened to Tiger Woods in his heyday. You know they would say that he would that he would celebrate too much, right? Like no, and he would get in people's heads. Like on Sunday, whoever was going down the stretch with him on Sunday, with the exception of like Rocco Mediate and another couple guys sure. that that went toe to toe with him, uh, most guys psychologically were 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 out. Yeah, they would they were a disaster. They would unravel on Sunday. Yeah, and even the red shirt thing, even yeah, that, that was, like, was a calculated. Exa- oh, there he goes with the red shirt, and automatically right. you're you're already thinking he's going to surge and he's going to. He's going to pay, overtake me. Yeah. And, we're, you know, we were talking about basketball. Like, I've always been more of a basketball fan. Uh, and in the 90s especially, less so now because now the game is more about finesse. But when the game was more physical, yeah, the taunting that went on, the... Are you kidding? Well, the taunting and the punches and yeah. the, and people <laughs> the had elbows. Like sign- the, they were like yeah. the signature taunts. Like, I remember, um, and there's so many, like, even just iconic taunts. Like, that. Oh God, who was he dunking over? But there was that Sean Kemp where he's, like, standing over a guy and kind of finger guns him a few times. There's the Dikembe Mutombo with the no, no, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with any awesome. of that. And it adds to the spectacle and show. It drives interest to the sport. Absolutely. Uh, so anyway, sounds like we're pretty much on the same page. Yeah, I, w- I wanted to disagree with you, but it didn't happen. What are you going to do? Yeah. Welcome to the We Agree on Everything Radio <laughs> Hour on twelve ten a.m. The Man. Um, so anyway, uh, either way, I don't watch soccer. Uh, that's not my that's not my game. But you know, that, that was going to be my uh, uh, spoiler alert. That's oh, my recommendation for oh the end boy. of the show. 
Yeah, well, yeah. Watch the women's World Cup. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we score a lot. <laughs> so there's that. So, you know, our men's team is uh, is struggling a bit. Our U.S. men's national team. I have uh, again. No, I'm, I'm lost. We're struggling. We're struggling. Not and, going well. Uh, no, not going well. We just got shellacked by Venezuela the other day, and uh, and so you want to be proud of of your girls and uh, of your national team. Sure. Watch the women's. I'm, I'm already giving you my recommendation. I guess we won't do it at the end of the show. Yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> what I can do. Uh, so, shifting gears super hard here. Yeah, no, no there's, segue. There's Thank no you. easy segue I, here. I'm glad you didn't try. Yeah. Well, no, you know, you know who is celebrating and taunting the opposition? This guy who was not convicted. So, the, um, me being the, uh, the libertarian uh, quack in the job, okay. quack in the room. Uh, I tend to unwittingly, like, I'm realizing how consistently I'm bringing in things from Reason. It's nonstop. It's nonstop. But today's Reason story from Reason.com is, uh, the headline is, Jury refuses to convict Scott Warren for showing kindness to immigrants when faced, Warren faced up to 20 years in federal prison for providing humanitarian aid to two undocumented immigrants. So, uh, supposedly, back in January, two Central American migrants who uh, were suffering from dehydration uh, showed up at, quote, The Barn, which was a building that was used by, a huma- by humanitarian aid groups um, in a border town in Arizona. And Scott Warren basically gave them shelter and water and food. Um, and then Border Patrol uh, charged him with two counts of harboring undocumented immigrants, one count of conspiracy to harbor and transport them. So he was facing uh, up to 20 years in federal prison, which... I know. I think raises interesting questions, you know, because I think to the extent that you think that there ought to be some kind of border enforcement, all right, well, then at what point is it a problem if citizens are, I don't know, undermining that or... Well, I but don't then know it's that, like, yeah, I don't know that that's undermining. That's just being a human being. It, but that's the thing. I think it can be both, right? Because you can yeah. be a human being, and then I think maybe that exposes some flaws in the law because the law should never come into conflict with being a human being. And it sounds like here it does, right? Yep. And, uh, again, looking at it super coldly, if the goal is, okay, somebody's crossed the border and we want to be able to catch them, again, this is me removing my human being hat for a second, you've got to be easier to catch if you're dehydrated and don't have food and you haven't had shelter. So if you're Customs and Border Patrol, you want people to be as easy as catch to possible, and then you've got citizens feeding people. Now put your human being hat back on. You've got people who are dehydrated and need food and shelter. You're going you to watch another human being die in front of you? Right, exactly. Nah, I mean, right. Never mind die, just watch them suffer, even if they're going to survive, let's say. How, do you, how is the law in conflict with that? Yep. This seems to me like one of those areas where there should be some kind of consensus on like, oh, yeah, let's, let's figure out how to fix this. I like how you set up the consensus. Oye. Oye. <laughs> if there was more oye in, in government, I think we would have, you know. A little more oye and a little more, man, I got, man, I got. <laughs> Let, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> That that called this is a uh, a hard a hard shift here just for a moment little uh, but Carluba who was with us yesterday uh, he's got a little girl and she is picking up on his Cubanisms on his Carluban Cubaisms yeah they're uh, they're a special super type hard. yeah they're not, they're not normal Cubanisms yeah so to use one of his daughter's favorite catchphrases if people would just say mira eso viste viste so look at this guy mira esto viste uh, so anyway this guy you know kudos to uh, to this jury also. Correct. That's the big takeaway there, right? And that's the beautiful thing about having the jury of your peers is that they are also human beings. Exactly. And, and I think that this is one of those cases where I think a lot of people will sort of miss the point of like, oh, you know, look at the, the, the system also has multiple parts. Yep. And so there are times when one part of the system will be canceled out by the other part of the system. And this is a case where, in a way, the system worked. 
right? You had a flawed part of the um, – uh, you, you had some flawed law, and in came the citizens in another part of the system and said, oi, relax, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and so that is what – that is the summary of the case. You got a guy who gave some people some water, and a jury of his peers said to the government, oi, relax, bro. Take it easy. Take it easy. All right. We will be back with more Oya and Relax Bro. On the other side of this break, you're listening to The Draw live from Cigar Cellar at 1557 Sunset Drive. Catch you later. I think. Maybe, maybe not. Oye. Oye, back in the control room. What's up, bro? Bueno, okay. We'll keep going just in case. Yeah, so that you're not left with just silence. Yeah, what are you going to do, bro? So what's next? So have you ever wanted to catch a sexual predator using Snapchat? Have I got the story for you? So this from NBC News, and by the way, if we are cut off here, we will uh, we'll come back to this. So you don't yeah. there, there will be no cliffhangers here. Uh, headline: Male student poses as girl to catch sexual predators. Nabs. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Police officer. Yeah, crazy. So this is uh, the guy's name is Ethan. He's a, a college student in uh, South Bay, California. Apparently, Snapchat. Uh, if you're a Snapchat person or your kids are on Snapchat, you know, there's all kinds of, like, face filters. I know. It's the, it's the weirdest thing. Super weird. And one of the ones that they um, have been uh, having people play with lately swaps your gender. So yeah. it's like, what would you look like as a dude? What If you're a woman, what would you look like as a guy? I'm pretty or, ugly. Huh? Yeah, my little cousins did it to me. Oh, man. I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm an ugly woman. Can we get that? I'm an ugly guy, but we, I'm an ugly woman, can too. We, can we get that on the Twitter feed? Um, no, thank oh you. Oh, boy. Um so anyway, uh, what this guy did was he, uh, he was on there, and it sounded like it was uh, a, a deliberate effort to catch sexual predators. And so he's 20 years old, but posted a uh, used... We're in the break? No, we're going to take a break. Oh, okay. All right, so let's take a break, and we will tell you all about what this guy pulled off. Uh, also a pretty cool story. So anyway, on the other side of this break, on 1210 AM, The Man, this is The Draw. We'll catch you in just a little bit. Welcome to the jungle. We got fun and games. We got everything Welcome. To the jungle. That's what they call this place. Also known as Cigar really. Cellar. No, they don't call it. We're <laughs> nobody, calling it the nobody jungle. Nobody calls it the jungle. But uh, this is getting pretty jungle-like. I don't know. You are. I don't know what to do with this. But it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty good around. So wait, what did you say, sir? Hey, it is. This place. I love this it. Show? This place. I'm, I'm totally show. digging. We're good at this cigar cellar. Yeah. Sorry. What were you gonna say? We, are we going to go back to the, the We are going to go back to the Snapchat filter? Snapchat filter. So if you were with us before the break, you know that we were talking about Ethan, a 20-year-old college student out in California who used a Snapchat filter to nab a sexual predator. So what he did, again, if you're familiar with Snapchat, you know that they have these filters that you put on your face. Uh, this particular filter makes you look like whatever gender uh, whatever you are not. You are not. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so what this guy did was he used that filter uh, to create an image of himself as a woman, then created a Tinder profile with that photo, claiming to be 19, and then once he was engaging with somebody on, uh, on Tinder, basically told them that he was 16, Yep. Uh, but that he had said 19 so that he could get through the apps. Yeah, because uh, you can't uh, create an account exactly, on Snapchat. Exactly. Uh, uh, no, 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 on, on Tinder. On I'm Tinder. sorry, on Tinder. Uh, so... He does this whole thing, then uh, the, the dude that he's asking, that, that is in contact with him, who acknowledges the statement about, hey, I'm 16 years old, yep. says, well, let's move over to uh, WhatsApp, I believe. Um, 
which is one of those things, like, I think as soon as you start, hey, can we move over here? Or no, switch to kick, K-I-K. Oh, I've got another thing that I just have no idea about. Uh, but kick, You're an old man, Nick. I am an old man. Kick, apparently, is a thing. And immediately, I think that's one of those things where unless there's a very practical reason or it's somebody you know who's like, this is probably a thing. I don't know if they even bother. I don't know. I, I'm always, like, lost. Like, how much do you tell your kids? Because then how much do they just manage? But as soon as people start asking, hey, let's move this conversation between strangers to, to another different platform, platform yeah. that maybe is, like, better encrypted or keeps worse records or whatever it may be, already that's, like, red flags all over the place. Um, well, this guy wanted the red flags, though. He was trying this to guy nab a sexual predator. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, uh, so then they switched to Snapchat, where they also, again, discuss this guy or this character, I guess, for lack of a better word, this alter egos being 16 years old, chat about, quote, engaging in sexual activity, and uh, it got more explicit from there, supposedly. Well, it turns out that the dude on the other end of this was Robert Davies. Well, so just to, to wrap it up, so the guy... Uh, eventually, as soon as things got really explicit and it looked like the next step was to really meet, he right. turned it over to the authorities. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, Robert Davies is a San Mateo police officer, 40 years old, and was out uh, thinking that he was trying to uh, engage in all sorts of illicit things with a 16-year-old girl. Madre. Who, by the way, technology is not quite there. This was a kind of a weird-looking... Dude with a filter yeah. situation. It looks he looks almost as ugly as I did. I'm gonna go ahead and say that Robert Davies maybe was sort of like a rookie sexual predator because I have or to think extremely desperate, extremely desperate or something. Because I have to or think deranged, that, yeah, which they, clearly he is. Whenever they have their meetings, they must give people a little like heads up. Oh yeah, the oh yeah. Listen up. Oh, yeah, sexual predator. Oh, yeah, sexual predator meeting. Uh, order in the meeting. We got a special announcement. If the photo is blurry and looks weird, maybe it's a Snapchat filter. <laughs> um, so, anyway, uh, kudos to, uh, to Ethan. So, Ethan. So, when I read that, I thought, what kind of crazy person uh, does this kind of thing, right? I mean, God bless him for trying it. It's like a cyber vigilante, right? Right, yeah. So, you need a letter? Yeah, please. Uh, so, it's like a cyber vigilante. And that's that's kind of crazy. And then you read on, and it turns out that a friend of his as a child was molested. And so he he kind of has made it his mission to uh, put a dent in this uh, in this sexual predator behavior. And so God bless him for doing that, right? Yeah. And not, not ending up confronting uh, this cop who would have right. clearly done some damage to him. Right. And it, it's a little bit like... Um like a digital, I don't know, neighborhood watch, right? The sort yeah. of thing that motivates yeah, people to do that it. kind of I'm, thing. I'm, I'm happy that there's someone out there doing that. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to, uh, this is not in our show notes, Eric, but you, you know the story you'll be able to keep up. I just want to sh share my own vigilante story. Oh, uh, boy. So I am a notorious hunker. Hunker I also, and putting stickers on cars for I people also, who park sideways. Yes, if, if, you are, uh, if you are on Instagram, you can search for the hashtag parked like an... Not going to say the word, but uh, particular kind of hole that everybody has. Yeah, the one uh, in the rear. Yeah, the one in the rear park, like a rear hole, but use your imaginations there and type <laughs> that in. Um, but I have my shining vigilante moment. So uh, they had closed the turnpike going north near Bird Road. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they had narrowed everything. All the lanes of the turnpike had to exit at Bird Road yep. going north. Which at that point is a bunch of lanes. This is rush hour, and this is what's going on. 
So then you can imagine the total descaro that's going on of people using the shoulder and like I, I try to you know listen I, I am not a I'm, I'm a I'm a libertarian I'm a, I'm a nutcase but I recognize police and ambulances got to get through you can't start clogging everything yep right which which actually happened a couple of times you know cops got to get through people have to go there are people who you want to be able to go places uh, and people start doing all kinds of craziness. So I bring two of my wheels into the shoulder just to kind of make it impossible for people to get through. Yeah, without getting on the grass. Yeah. Which most people won't. And then people behind me in the far right lane start joining me and creating this mini blockade that we yep. can kind of move in and out, right? So people's, then there was this car of a bunch of women uh, next to me that start trying to, like, creep up into my lane. Yeah, into the, into the kind of space that you created. Exactly. By Even though, yeah, well, exactly. the reason you created it was to block this kind of behavior. So they're trying to crowd me into the shoulder and make me one of the rear holes. Yeah. And so that was where one of the catchphrases came from that we use <laughs> at the office uh, came from, where I'm telling this story. and this, it was, uh, You were a bit enraged at this I point. Was, I was enraged, but I also thought it was funny. that It's like in one of those moments of high pressure and like you, you, see, you just blurt out a thing, then you're like, oh, man, that was my line. That's what I went with. <laughs> So I lower You're my window. You're watching yourself in a movie. Exactly. Saying something cheesy. I lower my window, and all of them have their windows down, and we're looking at each other, and, and they're yelling at me and yelling obscenities at me, and I start ringing, waving my fist in the air, and what I decided to yell was, I'm doing this for all of us. <laughs> I love that. I love that line. So anyway... Uh, Props to Ethan, the sexual predator who catcher. Who was doing it for all of He's us. He's doing it for all of us. We should have that be like a recurring segment. Somebody who's doing it for all of us. All right. Not doing it to all of us. No, don't please. <laughs> no, Robert Davies was trying to do it to yes, all of us. Yes. But Ethan is doing it for all of us. Um, all right. So somebody else. Thank you, Ethan. Somebody else who, who got in trouble online, but I think it's a little more, more debatable. I have more sympathy for this guy. Dr. Disrespect. So this is the running you theme here. You happen to be here. a fan with, of this guy. Yeah, the running theme here in a, inadvertently seems to be things the kids are into. Um, so Dr. Disrespect, in case you're not aware, is a professional video gamer. Um, he's in his like mid-30s, I believe, uh, and actually is not the, what you imagine when you think of a guy who plays video games professionally all day, every day. Uh, he actually played, I think, like D2 uh, college basketball. Drew Estate 2? Not, not, not DE2. <laughs> not DE2. D, the Division 2. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Division, I, thought, yeah. I thought you were going with Drew Estate 2. I, I didn't know they had a video game. Uh, but no, maybe. No, but he, in college he played basketball. The guy's uh, six foot uh, six or seven. Yeah, or something. he's a big dude. He's a big dude. Uh, likes to brag about his vertical leap. Uh, but anyway, he's, got, he's, a, a, he's one of the more popular, uh, quote-unquote, streamers in, uh, in video games. Plays a lot of Fortnite. platform called Twitch. On, on Twitch, exactly. Uh, and he's also big on YouTube. So if you, and he's no longer on Twitch for reasons we'll get into. But if you search YouTube, he's, he's an entertaining character. So this guy was at E3, which is the big gaming convention. And he's doing the live stream thing. He's having somebody follow him around with a camera just as he walks the show floor. He's a, the, the guy's a rock star in this world. This guy's a little security guy with him who's exactly. like four and a half feet tall. Which is pretty funny. I mean, the guy playing his security guy, he's got like a flak jacket yeah, on course. and the whole thing. Uh, so as part of this, he decides, hey, i got to go to the bathroom. i got to take a whiz. Uh, so follow me in there. And so he's in the men's room. They don't like go into stalls. Right? He's just kind of at the door, and you're seeing people come in and out. And because of this, he has been kicked off of Twitch. Uh, so they have terms of service about like... Well, yeah, and, and because it was in California. And because it was in California, where it is illegal to do any kind of recording Correct. in bathrooms. Uh, which I get the, ra the rationale of. I understand. Of course. 
But this is one of those cases where I think uh, the law maybe is not quite flexible enough or not subject to enough discretion. Well, I, I don't know that I can blame the law in this particular case. I think it's True. Twitch, right? Twitch True. is the one that is applying this law a little bit stricter. That's fair. Right? Because I think that uh, Twitch, instead of kicking him out of it, out of the platform, which is a platform where he makes his money. Yeah. That's his livelihood. That's his livelihood. And it's, uh, it's not they, could a, have, they could have given him a warning, hey, heads up. Take that video down because right. in California, it is illegal to film anything in a bathroom. Right. And so he could have just taken the video down. He's like, oh, what problem? It's, it's over. No problem. No harm, no foul. Or maybe if you institute some kind of fine, like your Sure, fine, fine, warning. Uh, yeah. All of the above would have been fine. But, you know, kicking the guy out completely, I thought that was a bit much. And yeah. it's not the law. I think the law is okay there. Right. So in this case, I don't yeah, want they, somebody filming while I'm in the bathroom. Yeah. So, uh, so according to Twitch's <laughs> according to Twitch's community guidelines, quote, violating our policy against harassment will result in your account being suspended, depending on the severity of the offense. Harassers. That's the thing. I don't know if I yeah, say depending this on the harassment, but depending on the severity, depending there was on the severity, no severity. Here. Exactly. Harassers may be indefinitely suspended on the first violation. Uh, so anyway. I think more than anything, you know, the whole video in the bathroom thing, whatever, but I think where this is kind of interesting is just this sort of changing of the culture and who the celebrities are. This is the kids' thing, but in a matter of years, there will be people in their 30s, 40s, 50s who grew up on this as, like, one of their celebrities whose content yeah. they consumed the most, right? It's not going to be the movie stars and the TV stars. It's, it's this dude. You know, I get, a sense that, uh, I get a sense that there was a different issue that they had with him. This is just me speculating, but I, I imagine that there's a different issue that Twitch had with Dr. Disrespect, and, uh, and they're just using this as a technicality to boot him. Maybe, that's maybe. That's just my, you know, Miami street, uh, street sense going, hmm, I don't mm. think that's, that's, well, not, always, that's not egregious enough. So I will say, uh, if you're just curious about this sort of thing, and you want to see what that world looks like, don't most, record in a bathroom. Don't record in a bathroom, but also get on YouTube. And, you know, Eric and I have seen a bit of this guy. This is about as entertaining as it gets for people who don't play these games. Yeah, it's geeky entertaining. Yeah, yeah. So he's, uh, he's an entertaining character. Geeky, goofy, quirky. Yeah, for sure. That guy's got, like, the mullet and the, uh, the like, 90s, uh, like, athlete sunglasses, like yeah. the Oakleys. He's got kind of like a professional wrestler swag. He does, he does. On. He's a funny guy. So uh, let's come back to this cigar before we, uh, before we run out of time here. What are you, how are you feeling about the tea? We're smoking the tea by Caldwell. Uh, this is made at A.J. Fernandez. It's a Nicaraguan Puro. It was number 19 on our list of the top 25 cigars of the year. Where are you at with it? This is a cigar that uh, it starts with a ton of that chocolate. And then as it continues to go, and, and I'm, I'm like at the inch and a half mark now, so I'm almost done with this. Uh, it does start to lose that chocolate as you go. So, again, it, it does the, the transition where it changes. And so the, the, the pepper and earth and, and more of the, like, espresso notes come out right. now towards the end. So For the sure. chocolate shifts to more, more of an espresso. But, again, a beautiful, beautifully made cigar uh, with a really interesting flavor profile. So I want to say something here about our host sponsor. And I want to start by reiterating who I am. Hey, guys. I'm Nick Jimenez from Cigar Snob Magazine and The Draw. As a person who travels the world visiting cigar lounges, people ask me about the best cigar bars in Miami, and I always answer Cigar Cellar, which is located right off Sunset Drive in South Miami. Owner Alex Broche invites you to the man cave, or depending on who happens to be around here, could be a woman cave, that is Cigar Cellar. They have a great selection, including Oliva, My Father, La Flor Dominicana, CLE, Arturo Fuente, all of which 
are behind a fingerprint sensor door handle that is hands down the coolest door handle in Miami cigars. Are you? Is that fair to say? I'm with you. Coolest door handle in Miami cigars. Come here just for the door handle. Come for the cigars. Stay for the door handle. There is 24-hour access. Oh, by the way, they also have craft beer and wine. There's 24-hour access to the VIP member lounge with humidified lockers, uh, big uh, TV and big discounts. And now for Father's Day, go to Cigar Cellar of Miami and use the, the code FATHERS15. That's FATHERS15 for 15% off until Father's Day. Cigar Cellar is also the home of our radio show. We are live, live with an exclamation point on site Monday through Wednesday at 6. You're such a good reader. Oh, man. At 6 p.m., we hang out, smoke, and talk all manner of cigar snobbery. Why? Because we're cigar snobs. Because that's the magazine we make. Visit Alex Broche, B-R-O-C-H-E. Do not call him Broche. He gets super mad about Doesn't it. like it. And the great people at Cigar <laughs> Cellar, and they will make you a VIP. 1557 Sunset Drive, and you can call them at 305-381-0458. By the way, they'll make you a VIP, but there will always be VIPs above you in VIPness unless you become a paid member of the mm-hmm, place. That's mm-hmm. how you get super VIP status. Hey, other note, uh, Jackson is a hell of a cool dog. Jackson is a cool dog. I know he man. barks a lot and people probably think, man, that dog barks a right. lot, but no, he's a very cool dog. So you also want to follow Cigar Seller on Instagram at Cigar underscore Seller. It's Cigar Seller. C-E-L-L-A-R. Not like they sell, but they do sell cigars, but they are a seller of cigars, even though it is a corner unit above ground. Uh, not a seller, not an underground seller. But when you're in here, you can pretend. Perfectly fine. You can it pretend. It feels very celery. Not like the vegetable that you get with your chicken wings, which you should bring us <laughs> from Sports Grill. <laughs> you are listening to the draw live from Cigar Cellar at 1557 Sunset Drive. I'm Nick Jimenez with Eric Calvino, and this is the end of the show. Congratulations, you made it. See you next week, guys. See you next week. <laughs>